everybody, welcome to Real Basketball Talk. No hot takes. I am your host, Daniel Art Test, and today we are talking NBA. We are officially on the eve of the NBA season, the eve of the 2022-2023 NBA season. And I'm just going to ramble a lot of it <laughs> because that's just what I do sometimes. I ramble talk elite basketball i'm really excited to see how this season plays out i feel like everybody's coming in healthy everybody's coming in ready to roll except for robert williams the third except for check Holmgren with okc but for the most part all your stars is where they need to be you got a in-shape luka Doncic coming through finally for the first time in his career Coming into the season in shape, ready to roll. We've seen what he did in the Eurobasket. We've seen what Giannis did in the Eurobasket. We've seen what Jokic did in the Eurobasket. So it should be pretty interesting to see how this season plays out. And I'm excited about it. But first, I just want to get the nonsense out the way. All right. The nonsense out the way, which means I'm talking about the Draymond Green, Jordan Poole situation. So... If you have if you've been living under a rock, I need you to get from out of that rock and tap into what I'm about to say. So we know what happened. At first it started out as a news report that Draymond Green was going to be disciplined for altercation. He hadn't practiced with Jordan Poole. We've seen everybody talk about it. Oh, it happens, it happens, it happens. And no big deal. Teammates get into it in practice all the time. Draymond will be fine. Until the video actually came out. And we seen the punch. And the punch was rather, man, it was lethal. It was lethal. And it look, it looks bad for Brother Draymond because, yeah, it definitely looks bad for Draymond. And now he's in a lot of turmoil with this Warriors team. They don't know if they're going to resign him to an extension. And then... They ended up resigning Jordan Poole to a big extension. Actually, Jordan Poole got more money. It was supposed to be, what, four years for 115, 110 to 115, or maybe 120 at the most. But then Jordan Poole gets into a four years, 140 range. <laughs> so, yeah, he had to take that deal. It's $35 million a year. And Andrew Wiggins also took a pay cut to re-up four years, $109 million. So, now Draymond Green is in limbo. So when the video came out, everybody was blasting Draymond Green about it. And I was like, yeah, it does look bad. But I also understand that uh, there's a lot more behind that video. I think that video was leaked to make Draymond Green look bad. I feel like nobody's asking the questions on why did Draymond Green ended up punching Jordan Poole in the first place? Nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's, hey, something had to be said because we know <laughs> that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So whatever Jordan Poole action was led to Draymond's reaction and to hitting him with the bang, buckling his knees and everything. And I, this, I spoke about it in a previous podcast I did in my car, but I never released it because I didn't have the time to. So I just thought I'll talk about it. Again, and 
I just feel, of course, we feel for Jordan Poole. We really do because we really know that punch was crazy. And the embarrassment that's coming with that punch. We've seen Jordan, pre- Jordan in the press conference. So he was talking about it. Really didn't have much to say. And it just looked, he's like over it. But also got to understand, I played against these type of players, huh? <laughs> like Jordan Poole. They brash, cocky, arrogant and everything. And then things happen. <laughs> And I just feel like with Draymond, that they're saying that he lost the trust of the team. I don't really understand that part right there. And I know people are going to be like, oh, yo, Daniel, what are you talking about? This is wrong. You Shouldn't you be going at Draymond for doing this? No, I can't go at Draymond for doing this. Why? Because I've done it. <laughs> There's people that in the podcasting world that I hooped with that I was going to fight. We talk about it and laugh about it all the time. Shout out to my boy, uh, Zach Ramey from the Off the, Gra- Off the Glass podcast. Please tap into his show. Even one of my, another podcaster that I actually played basketball with in college. We talk about it. We laugh about it today. Name Combo. Go follow Combo's court podcast too as well. I actually put hands on Combo. There's teammates that I played in my pro years that I put hands on. There's, if you really want to do your digging, and you see I've done some crazy stuff. I can't really... Be like, yo, Draymond, you wrong. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. All I know is that sometimes the competitive fire just gets the best of you and things happen. And that's just how I see it, man. That's just how I see it. Things happen. And I was listening to Roger Bell's podcast as well, and he was alluding somewhat of the same thing. What happened? Like, why? We talk about it from the Jordan Poole side. Now, we got to talk about it from the Draymond Green side. What led him to do that? What led him to, to throw in that punch? That's the question. So... I understand. I understand. And it's not like I'm taking Draymond Green over Jordan Poole. So I think that Draymond should have got suspended. But obviously, he didn't get suspended because Golden State has his back. They know the value that Draymond Green has. I'm sorry, okay? Regardless, you got young Jordan Poole. You got young Andrew Wiggins. But they can't do what Draymond Green does, especially when Draymond Green is on his game. And I really think that with the Warriors this season, there's going to be a lot of turmoil, but I also think that you want to get a focus, Draymond. You, I hope you get a focus, Draymond, because I also feel like how they want Draymond Green to toe the line this year and be more reserved or whatever, it's taking his edge from him. And Draymond Green's edge is what got him to this point in his career as far as the success Four rings, multi-time All-Star, defensive player of the year, Hall of Fame career because of the edge that he plays with. Look, playing undersized his entire life, got to have that edge. And I always say it all the time, whether I was on Twitter, Clubhouse at the time, Greenhouse, or Spotify Green Room, Locker Room, no matter where I'm at, I don't care how y'all take it, whatever. You, as a basketball player, and you're trying to play at the highest level, whatever you're going to do, you got to have a little asshole quality in you. You got to have a lot of asshole quality in you. You got to be stubborn. You got to be all that to, to play at that level or any type of success that you want to have in life. You got to have that type of quality. I'm sorry. Because if not, <laughs> it's like going into a gunfight with a hug. You're not going to make it out of there. <laughs> okay? So with the Draymond thing, I just hope that he doesn't lose his edge. I guess he could. He's going to have to chill for a little bit and then reintegrate himself with the team. I just hope that personally within with himself that he does not lose his edge because without that edge, y'all ain't going to win no championship. We not going to happen. I get it. You got your Steph and you got your Clay and everything, but there's things that players, that Draymond do that players can't, that other players can't. 
especially affecting that game defensively, being a release valve to move the ball to the other side because he's such a willing passer and everything. But also, Draymond ain't going to have to really be on his P's and Q's this season because at the same time, if Draymond leaves Golden State and goes to another team, he's not going to be as effective as he once was because a lot of these teams today play with a ball dominant guard with Steph Curry he's always off the ball always in motion and everything and it makes Draymond Green's life easier because it covers up his deficiencies as he can't shoot really he is undersized or whatever so he has to always be in constant motion if Draymond Green's in a situation where he's got a ball dominant guard like a let's just say like a John Morant or a Dame Lillard here or even if we go to the Lakers or whatever it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to sustain that success that he has. So he's going to have to really, that, he's going to have to really make a choice on what he want to do. And he might have to take that crazy pay cut if he wants to stay. I really don't see, honestly, and I love Draymond Green. I love his game. I love his attitude. He comes from the same cloth as me, <laughs> as far as just being energy, physical, take no, no shit from anybody. We all cut from that same cloth, man. I feel like sometimes Draymond Green is from Queensbridge by the way he play. But uh, I think that, if he leaves Golden State, I don't think that he'll be the same player he was during his Golden State days and everything. Because he's a big part of that team. He's a big part of that championship run. I think that they don't win these titles without him. Obviously, with Kevin Durant, blah, 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 whatever. But those other years, the other two championships, they won't win without Draymond's solutions on the defensive end. Just the intangibles that he's that he has. So he's going to really have to be on point this season so he don't lose his spot lose his spot in, in, in the league not when i say lose his spot i don't mean yo guy he's getting kicked out the league what i'm saying is basically losing his momentum as a player that he is because it's not going to work on any other team because they don't got i think the i wouldn't even say atlanta's probably the closest to how golden state played but it ain't golden state yeah i think that he it would be he would be severely diminished as a player if he goes to another team. So I would just love to see him. All right, cool. I guess you, if you want to say reining in a little bit, whatever. But uh, I just hope that Draymond Green be Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, that's all I pretty much got to say about it and things about that whole situation. But like I said, this is just a short podcast, man. I'm just really looking forward to, as I gather my notes, for this season, man. I'm just, it's a lot of questions. It's definitely a lot of questions and everything. But before we even do that, though, I know this podcast is going to be everywhere, so my apologies, everybody. But I'm just trying to catch up <laughs> and, and everything. This is just me freestyling it right now, so it is what it is. But, uh, yo, I'm really excited about the future of basketball, though. We got the young one, Victor Wimbenyama, Scoot Henderson, Asir and Amin Thompson, Cam Whitmore. We got these young dudes, Dariq Whitehead. The future of the NBA is in, bright, is in, is in great hands, but... Man, you got to talk about that Wimbenyama kid, man. He was special, man. Dude came to the United States for a week, came out <laughs> looking like a superstar, seven foot five with the skills that he has, man. It's just crazy. And I did a video on him on June 29th of this year, and I was just talking about how whatever player you describe this dude as, nothing is exaggerated when it comes to Victor Wimbenyama, man. He's just that deal. And. The game, man, it's going to be crazy, especially when he fills out, man, and he gets stronger and he and the game slows down for him. It's going to be crazy. It's something that you've never seen before. The stuff, the shots that he was hitting, the d- degree of difficulty. He had a shot going, like, from three, 
drifting on a baseline, leaning into the baseline. I was just like, what the hell is going on with this kid, man? He can run the floor. He got footwork and everything. Really polished, man. So I think that he's going to come into the NBA and hit the ground running like all great European players do. Like what we've seen with Luka, if anything. But how Luka hit the ground running. I just feel like when they develop their players different over there. And it goes to say that the world has caught up to us Americans when it comes to basketball. You got to think about it. Top, the top players right now are, ooh, who's my top players? Oh, man. See, I guess I'm going to just have to say it. You got Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Luka. That's your four right there. And they're all non-American-born players. That's crazy. So it just goes to say, hey, they caught up. They got, they have skill. They they can shoot, and they hungry, and they want to prove themselves. Like, hey, America, hey, y'all got the talent and everything, but shoot, we here too, we here too, and, and that's why I'm predicting that it would not be an American born NBA player in the top three of MVP voting this year. That's it. I feel like it's Lucas year to win MVP too as well. I really do. I think that he's going to have a phenomenal season. But like I said, but that Victor Wimbenyama, man, like when y'all call Porzingis the unicorn, I just think that name is dead now. Unless if you want to keep Porzingis the unicorn, then you got to call Wimbenyama something else. Maybe an extraterrestrial, maybe an alien. I don't know. Something else. That should be his nickname. Something else. Because that's what he is as a player. He's something else. Something else we have never seen before. You've never seen that. You can't even make that play on 2K. You really can't. You can't even make that play on 2K. And everything, you know. And it's funny, though, because I was watching the game, the first game, because Scoot Henderson didn't play in the second game of that little tournament they had because he got injured. But everybody was like, like, maybe Scoot Henderson could be number one in the draft, too. I'm like, listen, what? Listen, and now Scoot Henderson is nice. All right, he nice. But at the same time, who are you drafting? Are you, if you're a GM, are you drafting a player that you've seen before? As far as play style, or you drafting a a player that you have never seen before as far as play style? No, listen, love Scoot Anderson. Like I said, I think he's nice. I I, I love the way he played with the aggression, going right at Wimbenyama. The way, the ability at 6'3 to finish over a guy that size, his game is going to translate very well into the NBA. I think that he's going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer. And maybe his second year in the league, Scoot Anderson, yes, I think he is. But he's also a player that we've seen before. When you look at the athleticism, he is not as athletic or as fast or as quick as Derrick Rose when Derrick Rose was the same age. Same thing with Westbrook. He's not, he don't have the physical tools as Westbrook did coming in, into UCLA or coming out of UCLA to the league. Uh, with John Morant. So I feel like we've seen a player like Scoot Henderson before. He like Baron Davis to me. Like a young Baron Davis Without the injuries. And that's no, and that's not even a bad comp, to be honest. Because Baron Davis, we, before those injuries, man, shoot, y'all young. I'm about to be 40 in a minute. So I got to see it. <laughs> Baron Davis special as a youth. So I see it like I see it like that. No way in hell am I drafting Scoot Henderson number one. Scoot Henderson's going two or maybe three. Depends on Amin Thompson, how he looks. This season, I wish Amin Thompson would leave OTE and go to the G League at night, though. I think that, that that will really show the world what he can really do. This kid is special as well. The athleticism, the way he can make plays on the fly, like literally like that, with that athleticism as well. His brother, Zora Thompson, good player, same type of athlete, but Amin's like just heads and shoulders better than him and everything. And like I said, the future is good, but 
Wimbyama, man, he got it locked, man. Like everybody, you seen what the NBA players are saying about him? Saying the league is in trouble when he come in. So I'm just hoping that he can stay injury free. I just want to hope that he gets better, gets more reps, gets stronger. I want to know whoever trained Giannis. <laughs> I want them to train Wimbyama or find how they did it because it's going to be a slow process and just getting better every year. We seen Giannis improving his body. Every year, every year, until he reached that, that peak form, which we're seeing right now. And actually, he probably didn't even reach his peak form yet because Giannis is still, what, 26, 27? So maybe he probably didn't even scratch the surface yet. That's what I want to see with Victor Wimbyama. And then with Scoot Henderson, I just want to see him still improve, man. I still want to see him improve. So we're going to be watching a lot of G League Ignite. We're going to really follow G League Ignite this year because I really want They had a lot of talent. It was just Wimbyama was just so freaking good. That he made, I want to say his name is Leonard Miller. And Leonard Miller is possibly a top 10 NBA draft pick. He made him look so bad. I felt bad for him. I was like, man, this kid, Wimbyama, is special, man. He's a special player, man. But yeah, like I said, it's gonna be a it's gonna it's gonna be a fun season. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to see what the Golden State Warriors is gonna do. We all know that they are the defending champions. They lost some key role players this year. But they still have some nice young talent, Kaminga, Wiseman, obviously Jordan Poole to step up and help carry on this championship tradition and everything. And, and we still got a motivated Steph Curry who's still trying to, who he's chasing legacy now. He got four rings, finally got that coveted finals MVP award. Really looking forward into seeing what the, the Golden State do. Uh, of course, you got the big question with the Draymond Green, Jordan Poole situation is how they going to manage that relationship between those two players so it looked like it's going to be business as usual they trying to win a championship so you know everything's for the good of the team but this is what's going to matter too that high five man so it's going to eventually be up to Jordan Poole to be like all right if you want to really win this championship you might have to put your feelings to the side and it's foul that I got to say that because he's the one that got hit (laughs) but at the same time if you want to win a championship Y'all always talk about sacrifice, and that's what it's going to take. And then sometimes you're going to have to manage it, man. You're going to have to manage that relationship so y'all can win that. So y'all can win that championship. It's because if Steph Curry get the number five, it's going to be crazy. But let's move on down. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and everything. Looking forward to them seeing how they respond this season. I know I think Chris Middleton is out with injury, so it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting start for them this season. You want to under like with Brook Lopez, right? You want to know like how can he hold up physically this season and everything. I think he played, what, 13 games last year. He only came back for basically the postseason and everything. And, look, I w- I'm dealing. With, I'm currently de- dealing with back issues. I got an actual another procedure on November 1st, which will be actually my fourth back procedure in seven months. So I understand, especially when you're playing that post position and when you're a big guy, yeah, them back injuries is real. So you just hope that Brooke Lopez is really lit. And just moving on, I know I'm just doing a little quick preview and stuff, and I just got my own questions. But I really, this is what I want to do. <laughs> so, like the Clippers. What's up with the Clippers this year? What they going to do? They got the deepest team in the league, honestly. From 1 to 12, they have the deepest team in the league. You get John Wall. That's crazy. You get John Wall. And I know, like, people kind of writing off John Wall. I don't know. He looked good in preseason, looking quick and everything. And then once he get into that playing shape, playing NBA game speed, it's different when you're playing NBA speed and pick up preseason than actual games. So, like, around December, I think we're going to see the John Wall that we're going to see. And then think about it. His last season, he did average about 20 points, six or seven assists. So, 
I don't think that the year off is going to hurt him. We've seen him working out too, so he looks like he's in shape. But once he gets that timing back and everything, I think that's going to be, yo, the Clippers is really interesting, man. And you got to give a lot of love to Tyron Lue, right? Because, you know, the job that he did as far as like with what he had, with G dealing with the injury, Karai de- dealing with the injury. And so he had a, basically a bunch of role players. And the way he coached them up and got them better, man, I'm looking, really looking forward to seeing how the Clippers make it happen. So it's basically is this, though. This, this is the question. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, are y'all going to be available for most of the season? We already know that they have 15 back-to-backs. So we already know that Kawhi ain't playing in no back-to-back. So we're going to pencil him out for at least, I guess, eight games or whatever. And then with Paul George, can he stay healthy? Can he play the way that we want Paul George to play? Which is really good in the regular season, but when it counts, he ain't. he's normally not there. So we're looking forward to see what Paul George is going to do. And also, even though I said the Clippers are the most, the deepest team from 1 to 12, I think that they need some more interior depth. And I feel like that's another question. Now, when you go up against a player like Jokic, Who's going to have his way with their post players? You don't have no, you don't have no backup. I think what after Zubac, you, everybody else is six eight, six nine, and they're all wings. So that's going to be interesting. And regardless, if you try to run outrun Jokic, you can't because the stuff that he does on the offensive end when he get the ball is crazy. So it's just wish you had some more big guys on that team. But I really think that if the Clippers got to make sure they in they're in prime position. I do want to see Kawhi play a lot in the first half of the season. They play 60 games. The Clippers, they play 60 games. I think 62 games by the time All-Star Weekend come. They'll be at 62 games. That's crazy. So they're going to have to really play these games. I would love to see Kawhi play at least two back-to-backs or whatever. At least he got to play... They're going to have to be in prime position. And then Paul George, he's going to have to be more assertive too, especially when when Kawhi is out. So looking them to play in between 65, 68 games this year. Maybe Kawhi probably reach 62. We should see. But I'm just looking forward to seeing how they go. Let's move on down real quick. Phoenix Suns. I know I'm looking at my notes. Listen, Phoenix Suns, I don't oh man. A lot of questions with them. I think they had the best record last year. It was 64 wins last year. You got Devin Booker doing his numbers. Chris Paul at his age. Old Man River still doing his numbers. McCall Bridges, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, I think. I want to see how they figure out this Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton relationship. Because, yeah, when you not talking to your coach, yeah, that's crazy for months. They only talked when they got back <laughs> for preseason or training camp or whatever. That's crazy. Do you want to, do you think that? The Phoenix Suns are going to implode. Like, how can they, how can Monty Williams, this man who's a leader of men, great coach, how can he keep this locker room intact with Chris Paul? How to keep this locker room intact and everything, and especially everything that the Suns is going through with the whole situation with Robert Sarver being being kicked out, or basically he has to sell a team because of allegations of abuse, racial abuse, and inappropriate stuff from Robert Sarver and everything. So how they can manage and keeping this Together, do you trade DeAndre Ayton at the trade deadline if he's not happy? It's just it's going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to have a um it's going to be an interesting year for Monty Williams and also the general manager, my guy James Jones, because it's gonna it's gonna be weird vibes out there in in Arizona. So looking forward to seeing what's really good and everything. So what's another team? What I right, let's talk about the Miami Heat, man. I just feel like with them. They might have run out of their magic this year. I feel like Miami might struggle this year. 
Love Jimmy Butler doing his thing. I got the hair all popping, looking weird. <laughs> but I just feel like with Miami, it's too many injured players for them and too many random role players for Miami to really make a dent in, in this season. Obviously, they're going to be a playoff team, but I just feel like that's where it stops for them. They're probably on the verge of doing that regression thing because they're going to need some more talent with them. They had to give the crazy bag to Tyler Hero, obviously, really great young player, six men in a year. But when it matters and when they keen on him, he's just a regular player. They ran him off the three-point line, and he felt he looked like he couldn't even create off the dribble for scoring opportunities for other teammates and everything. So I just feel like the um, Miami Heat, they've capped as a team. But at the same time, but at the same time, this team is still tough as hell. Because last year was like the same way, and then they just randomly get to the <laughs> make a run. So maybe this might be it again. But I don't know. I don't know. I just feel with Miami was they didn't get better this summer. As far as like from a team standpoint, they didn't get better. So you want to see how they go about it. I don't know. I just feel like they're going to need a lot. They're going to need a lot more from their main guys. And can you really rely on a core of Kyle Lowry, Taliero, and Jimmy Butler? I just don't know. I just don't know. And Bam Adebayo too. But yeah, we. I think that Bam will have a good year this year. I think that he'll be solid. I think that he will contend for Defensive Player of the Year and everything. But uh, I just don't. I just don't know about Miami. Miami is more so. Hey, you guys just gotta show and prove me wrong. That's it. That's what they gotta do. Because they, when you look at them on paper, they're not. They're really just basically top heavy. But even top heavy is not even heavy for them. But they also have that grit and grind type of mentality, that Pat Rally type of mentality where they'll surprise you too as well. Just go and see what's up with them. So let's let's talk about Philly real quick. You got James Harden looking in shape, looking ready to go, looking finally accepting that you're not a superstar no more, that you're gonna have to play point guard and you're gonna have to be the third place player on this team. I wanna see James Harden play like a play like an all star though. He don't have to be a superstar. He don't have to be thirty six, ten and seven. Just run the offense. Just run off and stay healthy, get to an all-star game. And I feel like that's what it is. And um, there's Maxi. Oh, man. Another great young talent. Really excited to see how Ty- Tyrese Maxi performs this season. I think that Tyrese Maxi is going to have a big year. He came out, he blew up, came out of nowhere. I seen him play a couple times in college. I didn't know he was this. I didn't know he was this. He's him. Tyrese Maxey is him. And we already know what Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid actually, listen, I said Luka is going to win MVP this year. That's my prediction. But I think Joel Embiid is going to be second. I think that he has a chance to win it again. He, I mean, up to win it. I think that he could have won it last year. But I think he got injured. And, and he really couldn't take Jokic. Jokic's, Jokic had a big-ass season last year. And when you really look at it, it was funny because everybody, I was talking about it to my guy, Zach, from the Off the Glass podcast. And we was talking about it because Jokic was Zach's pick all season long. I'm like, yo, Zach, you bugging. What's going on with you, brother? And so Zach pointed it out. I was like, all right, cool. Let me look into it. Then once I looked into it, I was like, okay, cool. Great numbers from both. Now, Philly had a better record in the standings than Denver. No, they they had a better position. It was a higher position. I think Denver was like six, but Philly was four, but they had the same record. And I was just like, okay, now when you look at the, all the analytical stuff, the stuff that I hate, but when you really have to look at it, you got to be like, all right, cool. So I understood. And that kind of swayed me from going from Embiid to to seem to maybe Jokic got it. But I think that Embiid's going to have a dominant season as well. He looked like he, he's in shape too. 
as well. Uh, and congrats to MB also for getting that American citizenship salute. So now it's going to be a bidding war for 2024 Olympics. Does MB play for the United States or does he play for France? I personally think that he should go play with France. I want to see some competition in, 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 the, in the Olympic Games, but I'm tired of just seeing USA just run right through it. I want to see... I want to see I want to see some things happen in 2024 in Paris and everything. But yeah, so there's always going to be questions, man. Like I said, which James Harden are we going to get? Is he fully recovered from the hamstring issues? Is he ready to really just be like, all right, cool, be the facilitator and be a great player to help push this team to different heights and, and everything? And Reeks Maxi, you ready to take that next step? Be the second best guy on his team because you can do it. You can do it if you want to. So I'm just looking forward to seeing what they're going on. And speaking of Denver Nuggets, let's talk about them real quick. We already know what Jokic is about. Jokic is him as well. The I say Giannis is the best player in the league. Between him and Giannis for the best player in the league, whatever. I Jokic is just so elite, man. But listen, Michael Porter Jr., Jamar Murray, what's going on? Greg, I got questions. Like, how healthy is Jamar Murray coming off the ACL? I know he, uh, he took months off. Since then or whatever, see how, how he's looking when he's coming back, as well as Michael Porter Jr. Like I said, I had the back injuries, you already know. So how he responds to that, because Michael Porter Jr., man, really talented guy, man, but those injuries is just crazy. I'm happy he got the bag, though. I'm definitely happy he got the bag. Salute to his agent for getting every single cent of that bag guaranteed, $173 million for five years, fully guaranteed, knowing that this dude had – Two back surgeries before the league and a back surgery while in the league, and he still gets all his money because of one great season. Shout out to Michael uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s agent. That's a guy right there. That's the guy <laughs> for real. <laughs> nah, but uh, gotta see. It's going, the West is going to be a dog fight, man. So gotta see how they're going to react. You going like Denver? They need their guys. They need all their guys to be on point. They need everybody to play. Definitely gonna need a healthy Jamal Murray. Definitely gonna need a healthy Michael Porter Jr. for them to even compete when it comes down to playoff time. So it's gonna be it's gonna be real interesting. Let's get back into it. Let's talk about Boston. Boston, Boston, Boston. Y'all gonna have a year the year. Y'all gonna have a year this year. Boston. Man. Wow. It's crazy. I just feel I feel I feel bad for Boston, man. They're a really good team. This team was just in the finals. And then they're primed to have an amazing year to try to get back to the finals. And then you get into a situation with Ime Udoka. Oh, man. Boston, 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 man. But And then they hired a coach. Not hired a coach. They got the interim coach, Joe Mazzula. And then he has some past transgressions, which I don't know if I want to tap into the whole this whole situation. I don't want to know. I don't want to tap into that. I just felt like that whole week was crazy with the speculation side of it. I just thought that was weak. I thought the way I feel like the national mainstream media, they wanted to be first instead of accurate. So shame on them for just throwing a story out there without getting none of the specifics and everything. It was just a, it was just a horrible situation. All in all, I personally know one person that's a part of the Celtics organization and who was really overwhelmed from all of this. And I, I felt really bad for her and everything, but she was in great spirits. Just sometimes we even laughed about it, and, but it was still a lot because of people getting unfairly dragged into it and everything. So the, the national media was bad that day. They was horrible. They was horrible from wanting to be first instead of wanting to be accurate. Then you got if I just think if somebody's past was already handled, 
then we shouldn't bring it up when they're getting hired from on an interim coach basis. We shouldn't be like, he's going to be a new coach, but he did this when he was in his college days. I just think that was really nasty to do. But that's just my opinion. I don't think that. I just think that if the past is the past when it comes to certain stuff like that. He paid his debt, and we should just move on from that. And, yeah, that's crazy. And I'm not going to say who we're talking about because y'all already know who I'm talking about when we talk about that side right there. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be doing that. And we've seen that per- same person do it to a rest in peace, Adrian Payne, when he passed away. And then right away goes into whatever happened in the past like that. Knowing that Adrian Payne actually lost his life helping somebody, trying to help somebody in a crazy situation and everything. Got to do better, national media. You know who you are. You got to do better. All three of y'all got to do better. So that was weak on y'all part. But uh, with Boston, they'll just hope, hopefully they can get through this, man. They're going to have to block it out and have an amazing season. So Jason Tatum, you're going to have to have an MVP caliber year. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think that he's going to have that 30-point-per-game that season this year. I think Tatum going to be real, really good. And also Jalen Brown going to be really good. This team is still solid, man. Look, they added Malcolm Brogdon, y'all. This team is going to be good, but they're going to have to fight, block out the outside noise. That's it. Block out the outside noise and just hoop. That's what they got to do. Oh, yeah. Team I want to talk about. Memphis. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, man. Young team up and coming, trying to be a championship contender. But the dreaded injury bug will get you and bite you in the hind parts. Your lack of death. Your lack of experience will get you and bite you in the hind parts, too, as well. We got Ja Morant, special player and everything. And when he got injured, I think, what, he missed. I forgot how many games he missed. But I think that in games that he didn't play, I think Memphis won over 20 games. I think they was really good without Ja Morant. But you still need Ja Morant. At the end of the day, yeah, you can go 20 and whatever without your best player. But in order to take that leap, you're going to need your best player. So let's not do that. This team is not better without Ja Morant. Okay, let's 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 kill that noise. But it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting team. Last year, I think they finished in defense offense. It was top five team. They're a really good team, but it's going to come down to the injuries, man, for them to take this next step. Can they take that next step and everything? I'm looking for John Morant to have a big year. I'm looking for John Morant to have a big season. So I think that he. I think that he will. He's going to take another leap in his game. Kid is a special talent. Sometimes I wish that he tweet like. He got to stop tweeting like he's a gangster. <laughs> Just hoop. He's so funny with his tweets and everything. But besides that, man, I think that John Morant is going to have a really big year. And, yeah, let's talk about Dallas real quick. This is his random season preview. Yeah, Dallas. Conference finals last year. It's going to be a big season for them this year. Like I said, my MVP prediction, Luka Doncic, is going to have a big year. I'm saying 30.5 points per game, 9.6 rebounds a game. And 9.8 assists per game this year. That's my prediction for Luka Doncic. This dude is special. It's just so dope, man, how they play. They became a better defensive team last year. They became a better rebounding team last year as well. Now they, they add in another athletic big in, in JaVale McGee. And I want to see Spencer Dinwiddie, how he looks. Now that he is more familiar with the team and how this run, I want to see how he fits in with this core now. And obviously losing Jalen Brunson was a tough blow. But, hey, listen, Jalen Brunson is not a $110 million player. I don't know why the Knicks gave him that bread. But, hey, got to take the bread. And Dallas wasn't going wasn't gonna to match that at all. Dallas was going to give him five years 110, but they didn't see him as four years 
at 110. So now Jalen Brunson's on the Knicks, and I just think that Dallas is going to have another good year. I think that they tasted a little bit of success, and I feel like Dallas is going to make some noise this year. Looking at Dorian Finney-Smith, too. He's good. I didn't know he was that good. Yeah, I thought that he couldn't shoot, so he could actually shoot. Got that nice little 3 and D style and everything. Potential all-defensive team player. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Finney Smith does. I'm going to watch Dallas a lot. I really like what they have and what they got going on over there. So I'm really interested in them and everything. Oh, man. almost forgot about the Minnesota Timberwolves, y'all. My bad. The case with the Timberwolves is this. They're going to get to the playoffs. But when they get to the playoffs, do they have enough mentally to stay in the playoffs? That's the question with Minnesota. Do they have enough to stay in the playoffs? Do they have what it takes to make a postseason run. This team is primed for it. They gave up everything to get Rudy Gobert. Now they got this version of the Twin Towers, which it looked good at first until you watch them play. This dude, Carl Anthony Towns, was going to be in hell on the perimeter this season. I'm sorry, man. Like he, He a mobile big man, but he is not a mobile big man. He don't have that type of mo- mobility that Giannis got. Man, seeing this dude running around on the perimeter, getting cooked. I just feel like Minnesota, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. that. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, that dynamic now, because it's going to be it's going to be a field day for uh, a mobile a mobile a four. It's going to be a field day. We see him horrible closeouts when it comes to the three-point shooters, man. This dude, Carl Anthony Towns, he might bend off more than he can chew with this one. It's going to be interesting. But but offensively, we already know Cat is going to do his thing. And Rudy Gobert, defensively, I know a lot of people don't like him. I don't know why y'all don't like Rudy Gobert. One of the best defensive players in NBA history. I think he has, what, three defensive player of the years. Basically, with Utah, he was the perimeter and interior force for Utah. Like, he had to make, he had to make up for every single mistake that the perimeter players did at the rim. And he... Cleaned up a lot of them, whether it was blocks or whether it was altered shots because of the big hand syndrome that he has. And so it's, I think that defensively that Minnesota is going to be good because everybody defensively, Minnesota is a better team than Utah. I think that Rudy Gobert is going to be able to just breathe a little bit and everything. But I just think that offense, defensively on the wings, when they have a mobile four, I think that a car Anthony Towns is going to really experience what hell feels like out there. When he goes against those mobile fours, when he goes against some shooters, when he got a guard in space, I just feel like it's going to be crazy. But Anthony Edwards have a big season. I know he had that crazy offseason comment. Oh, man. Y'all got to chill, man, on social media. Kids, y'all kids got to chill, man. Listen, it ain't the old days, man. Everybody got a place in this world, regardless of whatever they choose to do with their own lives. Everybody got to have a place, man, in this world. Y'all got to chill with y'all comments, man, on the community, man. They're going to come and knock your head off. But basketball-wise... Anthony Edwards is going to have, I think that he's going to have another big year, man. That dude was talented as hell, man. I really like his game. I really like how he gets after it too, man, for real. He needs to, not he needs to, he will have a big season, I think. It's going to be a fun team. It's going to be a fun team, though. I'm really interested in seeing how they do, but I just want to see how Carl Anthony Towns adjusts. He's going to have to make the most adjustment, especially defensively, because he's going to be running around in that perimeter. It's going to be it's going to be real interesting. So it's going to be it could be really good to have those twin towers, or it could be messy. So we shall we shall see. But I feel like they're going to get to the playoffs. I feel like Minnesota gets to the playoffs and everything. Speaking of another team of the Cleveland Cavaliers, like that 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 Donovan Mitchell pickup. 
even though they had to give everything to Utah to get Donovan Mitchell. Um, they got a nice little young team, though. I love Jared Allen's game. I like the way he played. I like young Mobley's game, too, as well. I think that Cleveland could make some noise. <laughs> I think that Cleveland can make some noise as well. I just You just hope that backcourt mesh. I hope you hope that they can mesh Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Like, who's going to have to take the step back? Darius Garland just had a major year last year, and Donovan Mitchell was Donovan Mitchell. So who's going to take the majority of those shots or whatever? So it should be an interesting dynamic this year in Cleveland with that. I'm excited to see how they – Cleveland's looking like they're finally making something happen over there. So you got to be on the lookout for Cleveland. But defensively, too, Donovan Mitchell got to guard up. Darius Garden got to guard, guard up. Y'all probably one of the shortest backcourts out there now. Everybody say Donovan Mitchell looks 6'3". That do every bit of 6'1", probably 6 feet. Darius Garland, 6'1", 6'2". So they're going to have to have to figure it out. But I'm definitely looking to see how Mobley developed from year one to year two. Now that he got his feet wet in the league and the game slows down for him as well. Looking forward to seeing how he does it. So let's move on. Let's talk about the one of my favorite teams, the Toronto Raptors, a.k.a. All wings. <laughs> this team is funny, man. They're really like one of the most versatile, probably the most versatile, versatile team in the league, man. They got everybody, just a bunch of six nine, six eight, six seven guys, and just they just get out. They all get out and run. They can all play, make pass, score. Everybody could do something. It's funny, man. Defensively, the way that they guard entry passes is really good. I really like <laughs> how Toronto is, man. But at the end of the day. With Toronto, what scares me is that I just feel like they're always going to be that team that's like, all right, they're good, but they're not contender good. Like, this team probably can go to the second round of the playoffs for the next five or six years. And though that's cool, it ain't really that cool. So I just feel like Toronto got a lot of decisions to make in the next coming seasons on what they're going to do as far as a franchise because I feel like they're going to be stuck in the middle. They're going to be either – in the playing game, or maybe in that five or six spot. So they can go anywhere basically from the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, or whatever. I don't think that they're going to be contending for like conference championships or whatever like that. I think that those days has come and gone. Even though they got some nice talent, the Scotty Barnes kid, uh, I think that is really good. One rookie of the year last year. But at the same time, I just feel like they need some size. They just probably need to tone down just having all these wing guys and actually get some size and, and everything on that roster for them to be successful. I don't want to see Pascal Siakam playing a five. He's more of a four. I think that he's too light in the tail in the hind parts to play the five, even though he's mobile and everything. But I just think that this team is going to be tough. They're going to always be a tough out. But when it's time for championship time, they won't be in the discussion as, as, as as well. So basically what Toronto needs is Fred Van Vliet to be healthy and to actually make shots this year inside uh, from Van Vliet is good from three, but struggled inside the arc. And also, uh, I think they need the first scoring option as well in Toronto. I think as great as Siakam is, I love Siakam. I think he's really good. I think that he's actually underrated. More of a second option scorer than the first. If you look at Toronto or would you ask yourself to those listening to this podcast, like, hey, do you see Siakam leading a team to a championship with that roster? Nah, you don't. You're going to you're gonna have to figure it out. So let's move on. Let's what are we going to talk about next? What are we going to talk about next? Let's go to Brooklyn. Let's go to Brooklyn. We might stay in New York both ways or whatever, but let's go to Brooklyn. Um, you already know the big three: Kyrie, Ben, KD. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Time in Brooklyn this year. 
They had a rough. They had a rough offseason, wanting to get rid of Kyrie, then bringing him back. KD taking back the trade request they uh, initially asked for, and then Ben Simmons. What up? Ben Simmons is going to be under extreme microscope this year. Every time he shoots the ball, every time he takes a jump shot, you see a jump shot of him. He's shooting the air ball in Brooklyn in a park goes viral, and everybody's just going crazy, man. I just hope that mentally that Ben Simmons is strong enough to withstand because New York is a crazy place especially with the media. But it's crazy because it normally happens on the Knicks side with the media. Normally the media with Brooklyn is subdued, a little laid back. But now that Ben Simmons is there, those kind of same subdued, laid back media people is going to be, you know, acting like Frank Isola out there <laughs> and going crazy or Berman from the Post going crazy on these players from Brooklyn. So it's going, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think that they're going to have a successful season. I feel if they really gel together, like they can compete for a championship. They have the players to do it. They have the big three to do it. They have the shooting. They have the defense. They have a lot of talent on this Brooklyn team, but it's just going to eventually come down to coaching and the big three and how they mesh for Brooklyn to make something happen. So we shall see. Let's talk about Let's talk about New Orleans real quick. Let me look at my notes for New Orleans. Yeah, it's basically this. How healthy is Zion going to play this season? How healthy is Zion going to be this season? Which Zion are we going to get this season? Okay, the last three seasons he played a total of 85 games. But in those 85 games, he has been very historical. But we need to see that man play a lot this season and everything. They're really – Nice young team. They got C.J. McCollum to bring some leadership in there or whatever. Brandon Ingram, too, another one that has come into his own already. Lakers gave up a lot of talent to get Anthony Davis. That's crazy when I think about it. Brandon Ingram doing him. Kyle Kuzma doing him. Just think that maybe hey, keep them young talents and let them grow. Maybe y'all probably be in contention right now. But at the end of the day, you got the championship, so you had to do what you had to do. But, uh, yeah. I think this team comes down to what Zion is going to be like this year. And I think that he's going to have a great year. We see him in shape, y'all. I don't know how much he weighs. He looking like he's 270, though. He looking like he every bit of 270. You, you see him in shape, and you see him really dedicated to the game and everything and trying to get rid of that bust, that bust issue that fans talk. I don't understand fans when they be calling players bust. You can't call a player who gets injured a bust. I'm sorry. Whether he's Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, can't help when you leave your feet and how you land. I'm sorry, you're not a bust. And when you make it to the league, you're not a bust anyway. I just think that if your work ethic sucks, then I guess you can say that part or whatever. But, like, when I hear the Zion Williamson bust, I'm like, what? Y'all crazy. Or Zion Williamson, oh, I'm talking about his weight, but this dude's doing off the drop step, windmill between the leg, 360 dunks or whatever he be doing. Like, dude is in shape. <laughs> All right, what the Pelicans did was making sure that he don't get that injury back again. That's what they did. That's why they kept him out for so long. But uh, it should be an interesting season. But I want to talk about the Chicago Bulls real quick. The Chicago Bulls. I want to talk about them real quick. I just think that with this season, with Chicago, I really think they're going to struggle because of the Lonzo Ball situation. It just feels like defensively, their power is in their guards. Their, I would say, first line of defense. Point of attack defense. And we got the injury to Lonzo Ball. Um, and I think 
Alex Caruso is injured or he's coming off an injury or whatever. But I know that Lonzo Ball is definitely in trouble with his injury and have he hasn't really recovered from his situation. And that's bad. It's going to leave Chicago to – I think that Chicago is going to struggle more than people think this year. I really believe so. I know your Chicago Bulls loyalists and everything, but I just feel like just because of their perimeter defense, it's going to be – it's going to be a bad. It's going to be a long year for them. Now, I'm not going to say a bad year. It's going to be a long year for them. Obviously, I still think they're a playoff team, but they're not going to be like how they was last year for the first half of the season when they was like number one. Demar Derozan was going crazy. I just think that's going to be bad, only because of the whole Lonzo Ball situation, which leads them to defensively having a lot of struggles. I think that they're going to just put Nikola Vucevic Vucevic through hell. Because he's just slow-footed defensively. It's not his fault. It's just the way his body's made. And uh, and so I just feel like they're going to take advantage of that, putting him in pick-and-roll situations and forcing him to basically guard in space. And with Lonzo Ball at the point of attack on that perimeter defense, being able to take a scorer or two away, I just feel like with his absence, Chicago is going to be in a lot of trouble, man. But I just think that it's going to be crazy. But I, I do – I think that – Chicago, if I was to do a prediction and be like how their playoffs is going to look, their playoff situation is going to look, I feel like Chicago is going to go like sixth or seventh, to be honest. I feel like they're going to they're going to drop out. I think they're going to be, you know, what, I'm going to say six. I'm not going to put them in playing game position. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I will say that they'll finish six in the top six. But all that top two, three, four, whatever, I doubt it. I don't see it. Just because of the Lonzo Ball situation and everything. It's like I, I'm putting my hopes in Lonzo Ball, but he's such an amazing perimeter defender, a, a great point guard, set the table right. So Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, they can get their shots easier. And I just feel like this is going to be a long season for Chicago. But that's all I got to say, man, about, about the Bulls. Let's move on to Portland real quick. I just feel with Portland, I think that – I don't know, man. Portland in a, is in a tough spot too as well, y'all. I just feel like they're not deep enough. They do have way better, as far as roster balance, I feel like, all right, cool, they made a couple moves or whatever to try to balance the roster out. But as far as going deep into their bench, I don't think they have enough horses to go into their bench. I'm looking forward to seeing how Anthony Simons, now that he signed the big money, I want to see how he comes out this season and performs. I'm really looking forward to that. Look, Looking to see what's up with Dame Lillard and everything. I really feel like they're going to struggle. Are they Team Tank? Are they losing for Wenbenyama? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know, but it's like hit or miss with that. We shall see how it goes for them to start the season out and things like that. I just feel like they, they're, just going, they're just going to struggle. And it's even with the Dame Lillard situation, he signed a big deal. He's getting the super bag now. But look at his age. Is Dame Lillard, is it time to, has he reached that peak and he's on that decline now? I don't know. We shall see. This season right here, this is the make or break year for Dame. So we're going to see what's the deal with them. But let's move on to the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, and before I get into the Los Angeles Lakers, don't forget, we have a new sub show within this podcast called The Purple and Gold Standard. It will be hosted by my guy, Corey. Corey, if y'all know, y'all follow my women's basketball content. He's the host of Out of Bounds with the Aces. He covers the Las Vegas Aces on the WNBA side, and he will be covering the Lakers on 
the NBA side. So look forward to the Purple and Gold Standard. It's going to be a sub-show on here. Short podcast episodes and everything, just breaking down Lakers stuff. And you never know who's going to be on there. You never know who's going to be on there. But with the Lakers, is there? this is what the Lakers got to do. I mean, I actually was talking to Corey about this. I want to say this morning, actually, I was talking to Corey about it. And Corey and I agreed that the Lakers might have to just keep Westbrook from the team. I feel like they, they're trying their best to have Westbrook play in this role where they don't even really want him on the team. They're saying he's going to start. Then all of a sudden now he's coming off the bench. I just feel like is this going to be an issue all year? I feel like they may might have to pay him to, to stay away from the team. We obviously know that they're not going to buy him out and stuff. The Lakers, even though they're like one of the most high-dollar, high-value teams, they still be cheap when it comes to buying out. They ain't really buying nobody out. I think the last person they brought out due to amnesty thing was actually uh, my brother Meta. But oh no, I'm sorry, Lou Deng. Lou Deng. It's just <laughs> the Lakers just in a is in a crazy situation. They the top two heavy. That's it pretty much. Everybody else they got is just mad random players. I do. I am interested to in see how Lonnie Walker, the fourth, plays this season as well. But the, besides that, it's just like who. When you see these guys, Austin Reeves, who? I don't know a lot of these guys. I see they got, what's my, I forgot my, I forgot his name. I don't even want to say his name. I forgot his name. <laughs> Big man or whatever. But it's just like with the Lakers, they just got a lot of work to do, man. I just feel they, I don't know what they're playing for because they're not going to compete. We get his LeBron's 20th year. It's going to be a great year for him personally because he's going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time scoring title. But I just feel with the Lakers, like, what are they playing for? They don't have the personnel to compete for a championship this year. I'm sorry. Even if AD healthy, I just feel like they don't have enough. And speaking of AD, this is the year for him. He got to show that he that he's healthy and he wants to play. I just We all know how good AD is. Like, for this, wherever he goes, his Lakers team is going to go. And I really can't really be relying on a 37, 38-year-old LeBron average 30 or whatever to try to even try to get these guys to a playing game. I really think that the onus is on AD to really step up and play and try and do his best to play healthy this year. And it's really tough because he's really elite when he plays the five, but he don't want to play the five. He His body is not built to play the five, but he has to play the five so they can be good. I don't know, maybe they go with him for at the four, for the first three quarters or whatever, then at the when it matters, have him at the five or whatever for spot minutes or whatever, like maybe in a smaller lineup. I don't know. But the Lakers got a lot of they got a lot of work to do, man. It's gonna to be tough because of that trade to get A D but hamstrings them and then also wanting to get rid of Westbrook, but they don't want to part ways. But I did hear that something like Buddy Hill and Miles Turner for Westbrook and the pick or whatever. I don't know. I think the Lakers might have to part. With one of those picks. I know they got two, 2027, 2028, or whatever, but I think they they might have to part ways with one of those picks to get rid of Westbrook. Sometimes you're going to have to pay to play. And, I mean, it is what it is at this point right now because if they, they don't really want Westbrook on the team. They don't really want this man on the team. And I don't think that he's a wash player. I know a lot of people do. What he averaged like seventeen, eight and eight last year or something like that or whatever he did. He, had pretty, he put up pretty good numbers, but they needed a scapegoat and – He's unfortunately that. So the Lakers really, I want to say they're interesting to you. I want to see how they do. I hope they do something as far as do they make a move or whatever. Do you think Westbrook lasts the whole season? I don't know. It's going to, it's going to be crazy. 
It's going to definitely be crazy this season. So let's move on again. Let's move on to the Knicks. Speaking of these high-value teams, let's talk about the New York Knicks. <sighs> Listen, I like the Jalen Brunson pickup. I think the Knicks did their thing with that pickup, man. Jalen Brunson really showed what he can do in the playoffs and everything. I could put the ball in the basket. Solid point guard. He's going to have a really good season in New York and everything. But I just feel like the New York Knicks is just still them. I just feel like with the Knicks... That's what you're going to get with them. You're going to just get a. You're going to get a, your average team, probably compete for a playing spot for a while, and then they'll taper off, and then go back to New York stuff. Go back to the New York Knicks is going to nick. To be honest, we don't know what was going to go on with Julius Randle, who I really think he's a great player, but struggled last year. So we don't know what's the vibes on him. For this season, and this is the, I think this is the first year his that contract that he got kicks in and, and everything. So we shall see. It's going to be really interesting with these Knicks and how they're going to play, man. You know how it is in New York. That media insane. That media is insane. So just going forward, it's going to be an interesting time in Madison Square Garden. It's going to be an interesting time for you Knicks fans and everything. Y'all going to get you a couple of big wins. The Knicks are back. We're in the playoffs. Bing bong. You already know what it is, son. You know how New York is. Then... They'll go through that. They'll go through the cellar dwellers <laughs> for a couple of games, and then there they go again. Boo, get everybody out of here. Fire the team. James Dolan, get out of here. Blah, 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 <laughs> or whatever. It's going to be interesting to see what the Knicks is going to do. Let's move on. Let's go down to Washington. Let's go down to D.C. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. D.C., they're just, they're just a team stuck in the middle. You got Porzingis, who I really think is starting to just – I think that's just where he at a, as a, at a play. I don't, I don't think that he's going to get any better. I think that he's just right there. Just You had high hopes for him when he first came into the league. He was really good with the Knicks. Then the trade happens, then he got injured a little bit. And I just think that he's just, that's him, to be honest. I don't know if he has any more growth in his game. I don't see it. But I got Bradley Bill with the big, got the big contract. And I, we already know Bill's going to be Bill. Like the Monty Morris pickup. I really do Monty Morris as a point guard. He was really good in Denver. I want to see him finally as a starter, see how that works for him and everything. But I think that with the Washington Wizards, it's going to become a team thing. It can't really be like them. We can't really rely on Bradley Bill to score 30 every night. Yeah, he can, but it's going to have to be like a more team-oriented thing for them to have the kind of success that they that they want to have I it's, it's, I don't really have much to say I don't really have much to say about the about the Wizards besides all right maybe Bradley Bill goes for the scoring title again or whatever maybe he tries for it or whatever I don't know I really don't know I just feel like with the guys that they got they just going to be that team that'll be tough they're going to be wild and consistent and that's all pretty much I got to say let's go on to to talk about the Pistons they young upcoming Pistons I like their rookie Kay Cunningham looking for him to make that leap from year one to year two I like that Marvin Bagley, the third pickup. I hope Marvin Bagley really get it together for his career, man. Coming in outside of Duke, really good. Had high hopes for him, and he slipped off a little bit. He's probably just another power forward in the league. But I really, I always thought that he was a really good big man. I just think that maybe coaches just don't give him a chance. So hopefully he can get the chance this season. But Detroit, they're going to struggle this year, man. I got to think they'll probably aim, try to aim to get in for that playoff run spot. They get a little bit, they get a little bit better. They get a little bit better. They got the guy from, they got the guy Ivy, the rookie, who, who's definitely dope, nice player, can really hook, can really put the ball in the bucket, can really score that thing. He went to Purdue, so definitely looking forward for him. They also lost Jeremy Grant to Portland, 
So that's going to be tough as well. So just looking for them just to get better every day, stay consistent, stay working on their game in them because they're going to be in the mix in the next couple of years, I think. I think that the more they lose, they get better players and they cultivate that talent. And I feel like Detroit will be there. They'll be there when it matters. I really like that K Cunningham kid. I really do. I really do. And that also, um, I think they might be that league team, that league pass team to watch, the Pistons. Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings. All right. Are they finally going to get try to get to the playoffs this year? The last time they went to the playoffs was when actually Ron was on the team. I want to say that's 2006. It's the longest drought ever, pretty much. The Kings, I know their fans is it's itching for this team to to have some type of success. And they got the team. You know, they got De'Aaron Fox. They got DeMontis Sabonis. They got a nice, they got Harrison Barnes, veteran. They got Keegan. Keegan, I want to say Keegan Murray. Yeah, yeah, Keegan Murray from the rookie. Really like his game. He's like that Swiss Army knife, jack all trades, a master of none, but can pretty much do everything. Play the three and the four, defend, can score, and everything. And I think that he's scratching the surface of his game, too, because I remember, I think as a freshman, he wasn't really a high scorer as a freshman. I don't think that he averaged double digits, but then his sophomore year, he just blew on the scene. So I feel like he still has a lot of growth in his game, and everybody's really high on him. And they got my other guy, too, Mitchell, off night, Davion Mitchell. So they, they got a nice little team and everything. They just got to... They in the Western Conference, <laughs> so it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough for them. But I hope they get some type of success and make a run at something. I want to see them really do something and everything. Let's move on and talk about the Charlotte Hornets. And I don't really have to stay on this subject on this team for long because Kev Bands talked about them about actually freeing Lamelo Ball, getting him out that Charlotte situation because Charlotte is not getting better. They're going through a lot right now. You don't know when Miles Bridges is going to be back with this team because he's in a domestic situation. And and I just feel Charlotte hasn't gotten better. Melo has, like Kev Band said, Melo held his end of the bargain up by becoming an all-star, improving every year. But Charlotte as a team has regressed every season. So we don't know what's going on. And to add insult to injury, Melo Ball hurt. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, man. I don't know. Maybe they might be in the Wimbenyama sweep sweepstakes. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they might have to do the tank job, get Big Wimby from France in the building. I don't know, man. But with Charlotte, it's gonna be a long season for them. For real, it's gonna be a long season for them. They might. I'll tell you this: they might struggle to get the twenty-five wins this year in Charlotte. So we shall see, though. We shall see. Let's move on to the Pacers. And with the Pacers, talked about Buddy Hill, Miles Turner, possibly on the trade block. I like that young player, Reese Halliburton. Really good player. I wouldn't say the future of the franchise, but he's definitely one of the core players going for it when it's time to for them to make a move. I am super-duper high on Ben Matherin. If I have a prediction for rookie of the year, Ben Matherin might be it. Seeing him in the preseason, really doing his numbers. He averaged like 20 a game in the preseason. So I'm really high on him. I've seen him play a couple of times last year. And I remember the first game I seen Ben Matherin play, I said, NBA player, NBA level player, NBA guard, starter level player in the league already. You could just tell the athlete that he is, that he can flat out Play, I think the Pacers got a good one right there. Him and Halliburton in the backcourt going to be pretty good for years to come. But I think that, listen, with the amount of with the opportunities and the amount of shots that Ben Matherin is going to have, I can really see him being rookie of the year this year. I know we got um, Paolo Bancaro, 
you know, I do everything for it. But honestly, I just think that Ben Matherman, man, he's that he's that dude for real. Speaking of Ben Carroll, let's move on to the Magic. Shout out to my guy Magic Markey, and you know, with, with the Magic, I just think that they have too many point guards, man. They got you got Jalen Suggs, you got Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz. I just feel like they have too many of the same type of guards. And I think Suggs is a, actually would be a really good point guard. I don't see him as a two. I see him as a one. I see Cole Anthony as a two more like that. But he's small, so he has to play one. But I don't know what they're going to do. They need a lot of roster balancing. But, hey, that Ben Carroll, Franz um, Wagner, yo, two nice young players, man, really good. And really looking forward to see what's up with Mobamba too as well. Does Mo Bamba get traded by the deadline? Does he last in Orlando? I think I think he does. I, I, I kind of think he does. But yeah, Orlando. Obviously, we know young team. They're gonna be they're gonna be uh, tough out for, for on certain nights, especially when them great teams coming on in Orlando on those back to backs. But they got a lot of growing pains to do like that. So Orlando's just gonna still same old Orlando, man. And uh, let's move on to Houston. Houston's going to be really – I like Houston for the future. They got a nice young core. You got Kevin Porter Jr. who just signed the contract, which is a weird, one of the weirdest contracts ever. He signed – what it was for? Four years, $82.5 million, but only $16 million is guaranteed. So the first year basically is guaranteed, and all other years is non-guaranteed. So do you consider that a commitment? I don't. <laughs> I don't consider that a commitment as well. Only one season guaranteed. That's crazy. Maybe – Obviously, no, it's not a maybe. They don't trust Kevin Porter Jr. So this contract is basically him to, hey, be on your best behavior because they can cut you anytime and you only leave with that 15 or whatever. I just say, hey, young fella, I really believe in your talent. I think that you're a really good point guard. Just, hey, just stay focused. Just stay locked in, man. But they got a nice young fella. You got Jalen Green, who's going to have a – I think he's going to have – he's going to be a really good player. I think that Jalen – I think Jalen Green could be, like, most improved player candidate. It's a lot of candidates for most improved player. We're going to get into another podcast when we do award predictions. I know we late with the entire NBA preview shows and things like that, but we'll get those award predictions out to y'all because I think that it's going to be an interesting um, year. And I think I might have to change my pick of Luka Doncic being MVP that I said earlier in the show and everything. But a lot of potential with the Rockets, but I, I don't really see them doing anything. I think they might be a bottom three team as well. They might really struggle, but their young players is going to keep on expanding the games and getting better. So I'm really looking forward for Jalen Green, see what he does in year two. Does the game slow down for him? And then, the, you know, he gets better. My man, Alfred Shangun, I really like him, the young big man. I, I really want to see what he does in years in, 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 um, in his upcoming season as well. Really looking forward to seeing what these guys are going to do. So let's talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ah, this team is not going to compete this year. They're going to play their ass off. They do play hard. I'm not going to say they're not going to compete. They're going to compete. They're going to play their ass off. Obviously, they're not going to really go to the playoffs or whatever. I do think they make some slight improvement, but obviously with Wimbenyama coming in, there's going to be some tanking a lot. There's going to be a lot of tanking at the bottom, at the bottom of the barrel this year to try to get that number one pick. Players is probably, teams are probably going to trade some of their good players. They are all putting their eggs in one basket for this seven foot five phenomenon coming in from France, man. So I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting seeing what Oklahoma City do, but they just so good though, man. I'm high on Josh Giddy. For real. Yo, do y'all think since Oklahoma might want to tank, man, does Shea Gilders Alexander stay? Is he out of there? 
Interesting. Interesting. Does he move? I really Lou Dort as well. Solid defender, shooter. Actually surprising me with his scoring ability. So looking forward to see what he does. But Oklahoma City is in a really interesting position because they don't want to tank because they're going to try to get Wimby. And then even if they lose out on Wimby and they get the second pick, hey, Scoop, not a bad constellation prize. We shall see what Oklahoma is going to do. Utah, hey, we already know what Utah is going to do. Utah's done this year. Utah might be the worst team in the league. Does Utah 13 and 67 or 13 and whatever it adds up to 82? 13 and 69. Does Utah crack 15 wins this year? That's the question. Do they get rid of their the rest of their veterans? Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, Kelly Olenek, at you know by the deadline throughout the season, try to get younger, get those coveted draft picks with a Danny Ainge team. They want some draft picks and everything. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking I'm interested to see what Colin Sexton does, the shooter, the scorer out that undersized scorer. Looking to see how he plays this year. He just got his contract extension too. He got that security. He could just hoop and hopefully stay healthy and everything. And last but not least, my Spurs. Let's tank San Antonio. Yo, we got to tank. We need Wimby or we need Scoop. Listen, Spurs, we the worst team in the league, y'all. I ain't going to even hold y'all for real. We the worst team in the league, <laughs> okay? It's all good, though. You know what? It's funny because as a Spurs fan, I've been around so much success for so long since my Spurs fandom days that I always wanted to see how a rebuild with the Spurs would be. And here it is. We're here now. So I'm excited to see what my Spurs do. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so excited to see a lot of losing, but it's going to be a lot of losing. But it's going to be fun. I'm really excited to see how this goes for them. I really hope that they get what they want. Now, we get Wimby in San Antonio, y'all. It's going to be crazy, man. But uh, I like the Sohan pickup, Jeremy Sohan. I really like his game. I think that he's a nice young talent. And then as he grows on in his career, I think that he's going to be really good. But uh, I think that uh, I think with the Spurs, man, Yaka Pertle on the block, I wouldn't mind sending Yaka Pertle to Toronto. I like Toronto, and I t- talked about it earlier, that uh, they're a little bit on the – Everybody's small. They only got one guy over 6'10". They do need a rim protector in Toronto. So I wouldn't mind Yaka Pertle going to Toronto. We get a nice young player back. I don't know who or whatever, but I wouldn't mind seeing Yaka Pertle go to Toronto or whatever. Listen, San Antonio, man, listen, the tank is in full effect. I even drive the keys of the tank. I don't care. We got to shoot for it. We got to go for it. We might as well. It's going to be real interesting how this works out, man. So, do the Spurs crack 15, 20 games this year? I don't know, but hey, listen, everybody. Thank you for listening to the season preview show. That's the end of it. This is Real Basketball Talk. No hot takes. I'm Daniel Artes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Oh, and by the way, big announcement to make too as well. Real Basketball Talk, no hot takes. We'll be also covering women's basketball as well. I know we got the women's basketball show keeping it 9450 code WBB, but now we all combining everything under one roof. So please stay tuned to our women's basketball content. We are coming soon. We got college basketball is about to start, so we got to talk about that. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in the offseason since the WNBA ended. And myself and my co-host, K-Dot, we're going to tap in. So with that being said, once again, real basketball talk, no hot takes. Love is love. Peace.